This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 526, recorded on uh, March 10th, 2022. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. And Ryan, you can, Uyghur's not here, so I can, you can commiserate with me on this. Yeah. Uh, the weirdest weather, couple oh weeks, right? Can't determine if it's going to be warm or cold. You're getting some snow. You okay yeah. down there in Kansas? Yeah, we're not too far from you guys up in, in uh, Nebraska. But yeah, kind of in between you and I got all the snow last night. We're supposed to, it's kind of snowing out right now. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The weather is just up and down, you know, air conditioner in the car one day and then heated seats and the heat cranked the next. And it's just a mess. Well, the but good news is, Midwest. is it snows. And Bob, you know this because you live in the northern climate. In March, if it snows, it's usually gone in a couple days. It's not yes. like it's going to be. Right, hanging around, Bob. You're not even. You're down in Southern Cal. You're not even thinking about snow, right? I don't even know what snow is anymore. <laughs> That's got to be yeah. pretty nice. You had moved the last time we chatted with you, but yeah. yeah how's, how is Southern California? Are you okay? Like we're oh, horror yeah. stories coming no, out. Of there. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean things things are more expensive, but yeah, no snow, no um, you know, I see the you know, just like you guys had snow like back home in Pittsburgh they had like a whole snowstorm and they're having another snowstorm this weekend. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, you know, sunny and 70 here. can't complain. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. You will get to some point maybe where you're like, Oh, I miss the seasons. Cause it's just always the same season. Yeah. It's always yeah. nice. And I, listen, I grew up in San Jose. I know nice. Like, yeah. I, although I was a kid, I didn't know. I thought the whole world was that way. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you grow up in the Bay Area and you're thinking like man it's just nice all the time you a little bit warmer south uh, where you are but but uh, well I'm glad you're enjoying it I'm glad you're okay and things are going well in Southern California couple reminders for everyone uh, kind of listening don't forget we'll premiere this again on Saturday so th- this coming Saturday noon Central if you want to watch it on YouTube and a premiere well I'll have a, a couple folks there including you if you're listening and you want to join us noon. Go to the average guy at guy.tv slash YouTube, and you can join us in uh, chat along uh, with the video as we premiere it. So if you want to do that, we've been getting five or six to show up on Saturday. So if you want to show up Saturdays to get that done, you can do it um, as well. Another reminder, we dumped Podomatic. They they were my very first podcast host provider. Still had a, a few subscribed out there. They, uh, we, they, they tried to charge me even though I canceled my credit card. Uh, we took care of that and canceled their service. So make sure if, well, if you're subscribed, by the time you're hearing this, I've already canceled it. So okay. hopefully you've made the jump over. Big thanks to Marv, v, uh, Marv B, there we go, who joined us last week and, uh, and with the launch of the IT Business Podcast. And Ryan and Bob are both podcasters. They know what it takes to do this week in and week out. And so congratulations, Marv, for getting that launch and, uh, and success. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Bob and Ryan are with us from thinkcomputers.org and they're kind of my go-to guys when I need like the most expensive computer equipment or <laughs> peripherals like hey I've got a thousand dollars that's 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 too little I got five thousand dollars I want to blow uh, how do I get it done Bob Ryan welcome back to home gadget geeks oh, yeah, good, for having good us. to be here yeah it's always always good to have you guys and 
Um, you guys, let's talk a little bit about your podcast real fast. We might have some new listeners who've jumped in. Bob, uh, give us kind of the rundown. When do you guys podcast? How do they find you? And what do you talk about mostly? So we podcast every Wednesday at, what would it be, Eastern Time, Ryan? Eight, uh, 8.30 Eastern. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 5.30 Pacific. Uh, and basically, we talk about kind of what's going on in the PC hardware world. So our website, we cover PC hardware in the sense of anything that kind of goes inside your computer, um, graphics card, motherboard, CPU, all that kind of stuff. Um, we talk about and we review products as well. So we talk about, you know, what we reviewed the past week and then kind of what's going on in the tech world, kind of gaming as well in there in a little bit, too. So, Ryan, you want to add anything to that? No, I think I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, we have the the weekly podcast. And then after that, every week, we usually stream on Twitch uh, for a couple hours. Bob mm-hmm. and I'll hop on there and yeah. typically we have another guy that, that plays along with us. So, you know. Some some folks will make the way from the podcast to the stream and yeah. just uh, that kind of follows I, it up. I think that's the unique thing about what you guys do is you do the podcast and then you you know you go game at the end and yeah. that's that's super cool. So it gives us an excuse to uh, play games. So yeah, it's like thing. sorry, yeah. honey, I've got a podcast and then I stream <laughs> for a couple. Of, I got to. You, yeah. you don't understand how yeah. hard this is for me. And I, I know I, this is hard <laughs> for me to do, but I'm going to go game and I'm doing it for you, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Kind of deal. Well, uh, uh, super great. What, when, when you think about just kind of overall, you know, post CES, we kind of had you guys on right after CES. I think that was, didn't we, or is this is, did we miss that one? And this is the makeup I, for it. Yeah. I, I think, remember. I think we missed, I don't think we were on okay. right afterwards. Yeah, so let's, remember. yeah, let's, so let's real quick before we dive into some of the reviews that we have on the site from a CES perspective, you know, it's been a weird couple years, right. And, and CES happened, looked like it, maybe it wasn't going to happen, but it did happen. Any high points coming out of that. And now that we've gotten a couple months away from it, you know, CES is so much hype, right. And then some of those things don't ever actually happen. From some of the hype or some of the high points, Bob, anything you saw there that you think will become a reality this year that you're excited um, about? Not so much on the PC side of things, honestly. Yeah, well, um, there wasn't everything that was kind of announced uh, at CES we kind of knew about for a while. Um I think more I'm I like I'm a big fan of, of Rivian still, and hmm. they should uh, this year i think be finally shipping so that's uh the that's truck, the ele- right? yeah the electric yeah, truck yeah truck, so that's yeah. that's pretty cool um but yeah no on the pc side of things i you know we didn't get any major announcements as far as you know what we look for is like new graphics cards or new cpus and we really didn't see any of that stuff um on the desktop side of things we saw like a minor refresh on a lot of that stuff uh, but nothing that's you know going to be groundbreaking and new. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of was, at least for me, was just like a little dull. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah Ryan, was any, anything you'd add? Nothing too crazy. I know there was the the one product I think that got a lot of attention was a, a Samsung curved monitor that was like their fifty five inch Odyssey, and it like is just enormous. Fifty five inches in general is huge for one screen, but then they mm-hmm. the fact that it can rotate and go to a vertical orientation, mm-hmm. right? And the way they were showing that and how that can benefit you depending on your workload mm-hmm. and and your work type uh, was pretty cool. But yeah, not not the CES we're used to. Hopefully next year, I'm I'm hoping uh, things 
can hopefully get back. Oh, to I Baltimore. never want to go back to Vegas. I, I don't have any. <laughs> I, I just cover it from afar. It's just like, nah. Well, no, yeah, I think I'm done uh, with my Vegas days. That 55 inch monitor. I think I tweeted. You guys might have tweeted, or did you guys cover that? Was probably, that a? Yeah. Okay. We had an article on it. Yep. And I think you did. And I picked that up. And I and, I, and it, that to me too was a big. I'm a monitor guy. I mean, I love monitors. I could. If if I could have whatever I wanted, I would have just a full wall all the way around me of monitors, right? I just, I don't know why I'm so hooked on screen real estate, but that one, that 55 inch was amazing. And then it, they showed it in the portrait mode. That was even more amazing, right? I was just like, wow. And two of those side by side in portrait, that would be pretty great. Like, yeah. and I, don't, I just, I'd love that. I'd love to have that set up. So um, well, you guys have been spending a little bit of time and let me bring this up. I'll share this on screen for folks that are just on audio. We'll, we'll try to make sure we, we, um, we talk a little bit about this, but Ryan, you recently looked at a Lenovo ThinkPad and Bob, you got a review we're going to look at here in a second, but, but mm-hmm. Ryan, the, this is the most recent one. As we think about what's coming out uh, on the laptop side of things, anything, you know, if I'm think if I'm in the space to buy a laptop now, What's crazy is like we we bought, I shouldn't say this, but we kind of bought equipment going into the pandemic, right? Pandemic happened. Oh, crap. I'm going home. There was a huge surge in PC sales and laptop sales. Yep. You couldn't find a laptop for a while. I imagine that market still maybe even a little tight. Uh, I is. don't know. Maybe. Is it? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and so um, that's two years ago. And we're thinking about for some folks are like, well, I bought in a hurry and now I kind of need. You know, now maybe, now maybe I want to buy what I want. Talk a little bit about, you know, this ThinkPad line from Lenovo, of course, is their staple, uh, the, yeah. the staple line, especially in the, in the, in the, in the enterprise. Any thoughts on, uh, on the review that you did there? Yeah. So this is definitely like a workhorse of a laptop for sure. The one that Bob reviewed more recently uh, or towards the beginning of the year is a lot more portable. Um, so we're kind of talking about a spectrum of availability and types of hardware that you can get your hands on in this day and age. Um, You know, this laptop has an eight core 16 thread processor in it, uh, tons of memory, a terabyte of uh, gen four PCIe storage, right? So like super fast storage, a 3080 graphics card with 16 gigabytes of uh, video memory, um, a full size, well, I say full size keyboard, but the full keyboard with numpad, tons of Thunderbolt ports, your HDMI, you know, plenty type C, uh, type A connections. It's just a desktop workstation replacement um, for you. Um, It's definitely not your on the go road warrior as far as light. And, you know, you're not going to want to travel with this thing all the time on the plane and taking it in and out of hotel rooms and from meeting to meeting. But when you need to be getting real work done, that's either graphically intensive um, or just requires a lot of compute. This is like definitely a model to check out and you can configure it in all sorts of customized options uh, on the Novo site as well. You know, we, we say that, you know, it's, it's heavy or, and I, mm-hmm. as I travel with laptops, I really never, Weight is never an issue for me. It's the size, okay. right? It's a, you sit because I'm always playing coach, unfortunately, and you get in that coach seat. And I mean, anything besides a tablet is is basically not going to work, yeah. right? In fact, I've even taken my phone and put it on a, you know, I've put my phone. Um, I've got a Microsoft keyboard. In fact, it's sitting right here. I've got one of these Microsoft keyboards that 
It's got a lid here. Let me see if I can grab it. So I got one of the Microsoft keyboards. It's got a cover on it. You pull that off. Bluetooth keyboard. This you can use. You know, you can fold as a stand. I put that on the um, on the tray. Put my phone on it and use the yeah. phone. Kind of it. But so it's a little tiny keyboard and it's a little tiny phone and it's still barely enough room on that <laughs> on that tray. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh my god, this is nuts. So. It's just a size uh, perspective. I, I don't know, and and you know, Bob will ask you this question too. When I'm traveling, I whether that thing is super light or heavy, it's sitting in a in a backpack that I'm going to carry. And when I get to my, you know, I, when I get to my destination, I'd rather have the power than yeah. not have it. But but Bob, any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I mean for most people. I think you can find a thin and light that's it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, the laptop that I reviewed was, you know, I actually went back to Pittsburgh on a trip with it and that's all I brought. And I, you know, most people these days, unless you're doing, I mean, you're not gaming obviously. Um, but if, you know, if you're, unless you're doing like 3d modeling or game design or really intense video editing, um, you know, like just like the, the ThinkPad X1 Carbon Gen 9, like, I mean, it's incredibly light, incredibly thin and incredibly powerful. You know what I mean? And I think for most people, um, the big change that we saw a few years ago was moving from um, a normal hard drive or even from like a normal SATA-based SSD to PCI Express storage, um, which means your boot times are so much faster. Your application loading time is incredibly faster. Um, and that has nothing to obviously to do with the processors, but even the processors now, um, you know, I can, that's a thin and light. I can edit 4k video on it. No problem. Um, you know, I, I think for most people, 90% of people, uh, you know, business tasks, uh, word processing, Excel, PowerPoint, all of those things can be done on a thin and light, you know. Uh, no problem. Um, I think in, in the case of the the one that Ryan reviewed, that's really for somebody who is replacing a desktop. Um, obviously, yeah. with the with the discrete graphics card, you can do some gaming. But on top of that, you can use that discrete graphics card. Um, you know, for for like three D modeling or something where you really need that type of class of graphics card. But I think the processors they're all optimized for all of these applications as well. So. Um, Adobe applications or any type of uh, serious applications, all of new Intel processors, I know they're all optimized uh, for that. So I would I would definitely choose a thin and light over, uh, especially when I'm traveling, over yeah. something big. And one of the other differences, like on your uh, carbon that you looked at, was the memory on there that comes with it is soldered, right? So that's how, uh, one yeah. of those ways that they can get away with making it a little thinner and lighter, right? They don't have to have the the manual attachments to keep the dims into the mm-hmm. motherboard. Whereas on this laptop, it's got four slots, and I can pop those out and replace them and configure it. Uh, you know, in the future, oh, I found that. 16 gigabytes or 32 wasn't enough. And I want to go up to 128 in there, you know, things like that. Uh, so you've got some of that handoff as well to, to think about, but I think Lenovo has got a great product, um, especially in this ThinkPad line. I, I don't want to have to send it back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a ThinkPad from work. Uh, one of the things that drives me crazy. It's a, I think it's core i5 when on it's, when it's on battery, it degrades the mm-hmm. video. Right. And, and I, I really like, let, let me, and I, there's no way to, to override it. At least you I should be able out. to, 
I you should be able to in, in Windows. Um, you have to go into advanced settings and advanced power settings, and then okay. it's in there. There you can literally change what each, like what the CPU does, what everything does. Uh, you okay. should be able to. I don't know if they have it locked down. But, they, they might. I I wouldn't yeah. think we would lock that those kinds of settings down. So I have to look. The crazy thing is, is it's only been off battery maybe three times in the yeah. two years. Like I got it right before, literally I drew it right before we, we you know, March 17th, 2020, which is, you know, the day everybody w- was sent home. And um, I, it's been plugged in here. Or even when I go into work, I, I plug it in. The, the traveling, since traveling stopped, it just hasn't been on battery from time to time. And I need to figure this out because my routine is to go into the office, sit in the atrium, and work for the first hour with coffee in the atrium, uh, just on my laptop with no, you know, just, just in, it's, it's a great way to start the day, right? Sunlight and uh, people are kind of moving around, but I did that this morning and I was like, oh, that's right. The, <laughs> the, the resolution is terrible. I need to go yeah. in. And huh. So I'll have to, I'll have to dig that. I'll have to dig in um, and, and get it fixed. Uh, Bob, you looked at the ThinkPad X1 carbon. Um, you, you were looking at Ryan, you were looking at the ThinkPad T15G and then Bob in the chat says, uh, Jim, I should, uh, check out the X1 nano think 13 inch X1 carbon. Uh, so the, the X1 carbon, but a little bit smaller. So, so Bob, have you had a chance to look at the, even the nano version? No, I haven't. Not yet. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like I said, uh, like Ryan said, th- th- Lenovo does a really good job with the ThinkPad line. Um, on top of you know thin and light and powerful and all that kind of stuff, all the ThinkPads have you know because they're they are made for business. They're they're made for travel. Um, they have all these other things in there um, that protect your data, that protect it, uh, security features, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, they have Drop they have a bunch. And- yeah pretty rigorous testing on them yeah um but no i haven't i haven't had a chance to take a look at the x1 nano yet but uh i'll have to i'll have yeah. to send them a request out there so i can take a look <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you like the smaller ones I, I just um uh ryan i'm i'm i lean towards the more power i i'd carry the extra weight to get the bigger screen or the better resolution sure. on the screen just that's just my preference now i'm not even a hardcore coder or a gamer i just like Bigger screens. I mean, I used to carry around a 17 inch monitor for, you know, a 17 inch screen on a laptop, these big, gigantic, heavy ones. But that's just my preference. Bob, in the space, though, you guys have been reviewing laptops for a long time. I mean, have the, have the options never been better than they are now? Or, and then how much is the supply chain affecting what you guys are seeing from what's coming out? I know. Sometimes now, if you order a laptop, it may be two or three or four months before you even get it. What are you guys seeing, Bob? Yeah, um, as far as options, I mean, like I said, one of the biggest upgrades you could do on any PC is is upgrading your storage from mm-hmm. a normal spinning hard drive to a SATA-based SSD. And then from a SATA-based SSD to PCI Express, you're basically you know, five times the speed of your, your hard drive. So you're getting all of those options. All the newer laptops have like gen four storage, which is about five, you know, on the low end, about 5,000 megabytes per second or five gigabytes per second transfer speed. So, I mean, your laptop's going to power up in three to four seconds, uh, you know, uh, which is really good. And all of the new, um, both on Intel and AMD side, all of the new processors 
Um, they're they're very well designed for mobile. Um, longer battery life. So, I mean, you can have, I think that X1 Carbon was like 11 hour. I mean, it's, you know, that any domestic flight, you're good. You're good to go in no matter what you're doing for the most part. Um, so you have, you have all of that as well. Um, and as far as supply chain, I mean, there is still supply chain issues, but it's not as bad as say even six months ago. Um, but the options are definitely limited. You actually see a lot of, um, companies, Lenovo included, where you would see, you know, say like that, uh, that X1 carbon, you would see like 12 SKUs for it, the, you know, with different processor options. Now you see four or five, um, because they can only get certain parts or, you know, um, so it is a little bit limited, but I think, uh, it's a lot better than what it was. And prices are so good too, right now. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can get a really, really good laptop for that's going to last you like four or five, six years. I mean, like a long time for like twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, all and that's on like a like a high end. Like I said, that that X One Carbon's a high end laptop, and I think it started at like thirteen hundred dollars or something hmm. like that. Yeah, so. priced out. This one was just under twenty nine hundred. Yeah, and you when you say and that's everything, that's all the bells and whistles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, at least they haven't. I mean, you, you could with everything from a pricing perspective and a, a supply chain perspective, they could be charging a lot more, you would mm -hmm. think. And so good to hear that maybe, you know, kind of in that space, um, it, it's it's staying stable from a um, from a processing from a CPU perspective. Of course, you know, we, for a lot of years, Core i3, Core i5, Core i7, and we're seeing some i9s out there. Are those making their way into the laptop space? Is there a mobile version of that? I haven't followed that very, very, very closely, but, or are we staying on the laptop side? Are we still staying in the, in the Core i7 space? You, you do see Core i9s. Uh, they're mainly, for the most part, you'll see them in two different, you'll see them in a laptop like Ryan got, which is made to be a desktop replacement, and you'll see it in gaming laptops because, um, sadly, a lot, a lot of applications, normal everyday applications, uh, don't take advantage of all the cores, um, and threads that are in the, you know, like an i9. Um, so mostly gaming laptops and, uh, sort of like desktop replacement CAD sort of type laptops but it's only again it's you know a company uh say like asus will have like one or two laptops that will have an i9 that's about it you're not going to see a ton of them out there yeah this t15g has eight SKUs across the i9 and xeon mm. processors so uh yeah you can run the gamut all the way up there is there mm. from a from a you know from a desktop perspective and of course as we think about the whole gpu shortage and are we kind of past that now? Is that has that settled down? Can you buy a GPU? Can you buy a, you know, a separate graphics card these days, or is that still hard to find? Ryan, do you want to take that deal with me? Yeah, I mean, it's there's still difficulty for sure. We have been seeing prices dropping for oh, probably a month, maybe a little more than that. Uh, I haven't checked recently locally. I'll keep an eye on Best Buy every now and then or Micro Center. Uh, I know Micro Center has been pretty good with uh, getting cards out to folks um, and and the way that they distribute there. Um, one of the other vendors, EVGA, um, has done a really good job getting cards to to folks at MSRP. Um, 
but I, it's it's still not just easy as walking into your big box store or um you know checking yeah. out Newegg or Amazon or somewhere and getting shelf. getting a card right away. No, yeah. um, there's st- there's still issues, um, and you're definitely typically not paying MSRP. If if I'm buying if I want a gaming rig today, do I just buy a pre-built system that's got something built into it? Because apparently the you know the the builders the system builders are getting those where the public isn't. Uh, in some cases, Ryan is we're you know you've reviewed a gaming gaming laptop. Let's call it that desktop replacement sure. is what I've heard you guys say. If I'm in that space today and I want something gaming, should I just go the route of buying something already built? It, right it, now, it, it does make sense, and as much as it may pain me to say, "Oh, buy one that's pre-built and not putting it together," right? Because we love that process of picking out every component and putting it together ourselves. But yeah, if if it's something where you've got that money burning a hole in your pocket and you've just got to have it now, right? Um, or uh, that that is a good way to get one. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we have a a guy in our chat that uh, comes and listens to the podcast a lot, and you know, he bought a an, a, a pre-built. And was able to, you know, sell off some of the components and and make money off out of the deal, right? Because he kept the the GPU, um, yeah. but didn't need the rest of the components. And and right now, yeah, you could be at the, uh, you know, under the the grasp of the vendors and the supply chain of, right. well, I got all the components except for my CPU or my GPU, and now you're just sitting on these components and either running them in a subpar configuration with an old graphics card you may have had from a previous generation, or it's just sitting there in a pile of boxes until you can get that last component that you need. And, uh, and that, you know, maybe by the time you can get something, the next generation is out and, you know, that's, that's a, a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think uh, pre-builds are, are definitely a, a good option at this point. Do it. Bob, you want to add anything to that? I think the biggest thing with pre-builds is that there's usually, so, you know, you're, you're buying, you're out buying a graphics card. Uh, you're going to pay well over MSRP. Whereas in a pre-built most of the time, depending on the vendor, but I mean, going to Best Buy or something like that, uh, cyber power, um, you're not going to get something that's way over MSRP. You know what I mean? Um, that's why a lot of people are buying pre-builds and then pulling the cards out and then selling them, like, you know, um, just you know, but I, I think yeah, pre-built's kind of like the way to go right now. If you need something right now, or you're buying for somebody for like a birthday or graduation or whatever it may be that they need it at this specific time. I think the best way to go is just to get a pre-built because it's just one, you don't have to build it, and two, you're going to get it in time for whatever you may need it for. Bob, do you think the laptop replacement gaming rigs that are coming out now? are sufficient to game on for in most cases for for folks that are gamers if i if i really wanted to get the best of both worlds and be like yeah i want something i can take it along with me are we to that point where a lot these laptops are good enough to do all the normal gaming that everybody else does i would say yeah from a power perspective um it all depends on the resolution too so you know if, if you're gaming at 4k maybe not um, I think the biggest thing that comes down to is temperatures. I mean, even in our review uh, that Ryan did, mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. that laptop got very hot. Um, so that's kind of the, the main thing that you really worry about when it comes to that. But as far as power-wise, uh, the RTX 30 series from NVIDIA is excellent as far as, you know, running a lot of games these days with, you know, the highest-end textures on and all that kind of stuff, especially at 
1080p, 1440p, uh, if you're a, you know, 30, 70, 30, 80 uh, mobile version, you should be pretty good on that front, mm-hmm. uh, getting over 60 FPS in most of those games. Get You know, it's kind of that or a gaming, you know, an Xbox or, a, you know, PS5, mm-hmm. right? And those are, are, have those gotten any easier to find? Uh, do you, are you guys either following either one of those team? Like for a while, they no, weren't possible. I, to I don't follow them. Okay. Yeah, I, don't no, I, I think they're either. still pretty difficult as well, think, especially think, the PS5. I think the Xbox might be a little easier to find. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe says he got an email from uh, e- EVGA the other day, and Impulse bought another 3060 Ti. So, uh, Joe, whatever you're doing, keep keep doing it. Those those may be the, the kind of the way to get it done. I did hear that is opening up, so they're not as impossible to find kind of um, as they once were. You guys also review a lot of motherboards. And of course, I think we've seen some pretty good jumps in in, in the manufacturing and the I mean, I look at the motherboards now and they're like race cars. <laughs> like they've <laughs> got all kinds of great stuff on them. Has the in the in the two years during the pandemic, and Bob, I'll throw this question to you first. Have there been some leaps in in the technology going into the motherboards? And if I've got a PC, you know, I might, you know, you you give me a hard time because I've got older equipment that I, that I that I work off of. I stretch my stuff out for ten or twelve years. If I was thinking post pandemic here, and I maybe want to build a PC of my own, is it a good time to jump in and get that done? Yeah, I think we're. I mean, we're still uh, the two biggest. Uh, things that i that i would say uh you know on the intel side we have new z690 chipset and then on the amd side we've had x570 for a while both were even gigantic leaps from the previous generations um and i think any base i mean the past four or five years have been a great time to build a new pc um just because of the you know so much advancement every new generation we're getting so much more um you know on new motherboards kind of what you're showing here um like you said they look amazing um but the biggest kind of advancements you know uh not only a computing power from the cpu perspective but just on the motherboard itself we're getting you know pci express storage across the board like that board you're showing has four pci express slots on it uh, which means you can install four tiny M.2s. You could basically build a computer without even having any, you know, any 2.5 inch SSDs or big spinners in there. You could do that all on the board itself. Um, and then, you know, Wi-Fi, we're getting Wi-Fi 6E on a lot of these boards, which is incredibly fast. You don't need to plug in anymore, even though most of us still plug in. Um, you're getting that on the motherboards too. So there's, there's so many great advancements. The boards look great. They have lights on them. You know, like you said, they look like race cars. Um, mm-hmm. On the back there, we have USB 3.2 Gen 2x2 um, on the back, which is incredibly fast. That would be about 2,000 megabytes per second on an external drive um, or a portable drive. So that's just excellent there as well. Um, by default on this, you're getting 2.5 gig LAN if you did want to plug in. So again, super fast. Uh, stuff there so yeah i mean this is crazy like look how many look how many ports are on the back of this thing yeah how many do we count ryan 13 12 12, uh yeah it was 13 yeah yeah Yeah, 13 on the back of there and that's the biggest thing is we have so many gadgets right we have our webcam here we have our microphone uh keyboard mouse uh lights all this kind of stuff you need all those extra usb connections on the back um yeah yeah what's what's msrp on on something like this bob 
Uh, it all depends. I think this this board, this is the uh, Gigabyte Z690 Aorus Ultra. I believe it's 329 for that, okay. for this board. But I mean, motherboards are like, it's just like anything. I mean, you can go from the low end to the suit. You can spend up to close to $1,000 on a motherboard too, but that's the crazy, insane high end that nobody needs. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, but on like Z690 side, I would say the average is around like $300. Um, and then the X570 side, which is the AMD side, it's a little bit less expensive now because it's a little older, but it's still, you know, right around two, what would you say, right? Like 200 bucks uh, for an a- average X570 board. For an probably. average, yeah, 250 maybe. Yeah, yeah 250. So, well, which, which got- is not, that hasn't changed. I mean, over the last 10 years, the lower boards were. 150 the medium you know the middle ones were mm-hmm. 300 the high ends were and i think what the difference is we not we didn't used to have six or seven or eight hundred dollar motherboards right mm-hmm. it kind of it was you know three four five, maybe five for the most expensive those that upper end has kind of come in so maybe you've got more expensive options now where where before i think even on some basic boards you're getting some really good you know, for under 200, you can get a board that's got enough for most, for the average guy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just, I think the the speeds is the biggest thing. You know, uh, like you said, Gen 4 storage, USB 3.2, Wi-Fi 6E, you're getting all of that, uh, you know, at that price point. And I, on Z690, by default, the chipset has 2.5 gig LAN. You'll see 2.5 gig LAN default on most X570 boards too. So, Lots of, you know, you're just getting, everything is just becoming faster, yeah. uh, which is obviously good for us when it comes to loading times or uh, latency as far as, you know, gaming or like what we're doing here, you know, streaming, right. you don't have any right. lag issues. Yeah. When we're Ryan, getting DDR5, yeah, DDR5 as well, you know, is going to become more and more um, prevalent, uh, both on the Intel and AMD side. Um, is that not up. a thing yet? Are, are we, you know, are we still, it seems like that's been hanging out there for a while. Is that not mainstream or is that mainstream now? It's not so mainstream much. Though. yeah okay uh, availability yeah, so, of the chips and sticks oh, is still i think okay. pretty pretty tough to get intel has some boards out that support it there's nothing from amd yet that uh, supports ddr5 but next generation uh we'll we'll see that uh, we'll have okay. parity there i guess i saw that in gpus right gdr5's been a gpu mm-hmm. standard for a while and i guess i right. assumed that had made its way into the PC space, but maybe we've got some there. Maybe there's some delay. If I'm buying, if I'm buying a board, so that um, a Bob that that uh, that board we just looked at is that DDR5 or is that DDR4? Yeah, that's that's DDR5. So Intel was the first um, the the first chipset, which was Z690. That's the first one to first mainstream, uh, you know, consumer based uh, product to support. DDR5 memory. So what they did though, because of the scarcity of DDR5, is you'll see a lot of Z690 chipset motherboards. They'll either be a DDR5 version or a DDR4 version. So with that, you know, with a certain motherboard, you might see two different SKUs. Uh, one that supports DDR4 and one that supports DDR5. Because again, one, it's a lot more expensive, and two, it's a lot harder to find. And DDR4, what's the what's the speed difference between the two? I mean, is it that much of an advantage to go to DDR5 as opposed to buying a board with DDR4? Uh, not you. So we. So I believe I don't know how like the highest rated DDR4, but you can get up there around forty four hundred megahertz. Um, but DDR5 starts, I believe, 
at 4,800, you, you're going to get up to, you know, as the technology improves and as the uh, platform kind of matures, you'll see 56, 57, all the way up to 6,800 megahertz uh, a lot faster. Okay. Um, now, how does that translate into to say getting you know more fps in games we haven't seen a whole lot of testing on it i haven't tested that specifically just yet uh because i i literally just got some ddr5 not that long ago um but i think you have to wait for the the platform to mature a lot um to see it because with with ddr5 the biggest thing is that your timings uh have gone up significantly um so yeah it's just it's just just like anything, you got to take time to, you know, for it to mature. So, so if I was, if I was putting a system together myself right now, and maybe I'll ask this question of you, Bob, both you and you too, Ryan, if I'm putting a system together right now and I want to keep it fairly reasonable, I'm okay staying DDR4 is the price mm-hmm. point there still pretty reasonable. If I'm going to stretch it, I could go to DDR5, but that may not give me that much lift. If I'm, that's not what I'm looking for. I don't know, Bob, any, any thoughts on that? Would you just say, Hey, DDR4, DDR4 is okay for now. Build the system with that. That'll get you the next six years, five, six years, maybe. I don't know, Bob, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially like if you're building like an AMD Ryzen system, it only supports DDR4 anyways. Mm, gotcha. Um, you know, if you're doing Intel, yeah, I mean, depending on the price difference that you'll find, uh, it'd probably be like a hundred, 150 bucks difference going, you know, looking at a DDR4 kit versus a DDR5 kit. And we always say, Ryan and I always say, you know, that $150 could go towards something, you know, uh, like a, a better, you know, going from a 3060 to a 3070 or, or going from a 2.5 inch SATA SSD to PCI Express SSD. So there's a lot of uh, other things that could be upgraded that would make a much bigger difference, I would say. Ryan, any thoughts? Nope, I agree. Um, DDR4, there's no, nothing. Uh, nobody's going to point fingers at you and laugh because you bought DDR4 uh, yeah. in 2022. So <laughs> Even if I bought um, it, you guys would be okay with that? No, if I, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if you were trying to determine between DDR4 and 5, right, you, you may be able to get that next up capacity, um, you know, go from a 32 gig kit to a 64 as opposed to only being able to get maybe a 32 right. um, in the DDR4. Uh, five realm so maybe get a little more longevity out of it or if uh you needed that extra memory um you could go go that route i've been doing a lot of vm stuff in there and it's nice to have you, you know, always want that memory 64 yeah oh yeah and, and that is for from a, a value perspective i'd rather go a gen back but get more yep. than be on the cutting edge and have less uh just for me that's just kind of how i think about it ken Ken says he picked up a 5700G and the the, the SROC uh, B55 uh, or uh, 550, which is AMD, right, on that side? Yes. 64 gig uh, uh, RAM, um, DDR4, and a Black Friday deal. Any thoughts? Uh, I'll throw this back to you, Bob. Any thoughts on the on the B55? The, uh, the B50, B550 Tai Chi is one of the best uh, B550 boards out there. So definitely uh, awesome pickup on that. And the 5700G uh, has built-in graphics. So if you're not, you know, you don't need a graphics card right away, which is nice. It's one of their APUs. Uh, yeah, and 64 gigabytes of 3600 memory. A uh, 3600 memory is kind of the sweet spot too uh, when it comes to AMD. So you, you know, you, it, it's right in that 
you know, performance spot, a uh, good performance spot when it comes to AMD. So that's a sweet little uh, deal that he got there, especially if it was on Black Friday, I would say. Yeah, Bob does have a full, you have a full review of that motherboard out on the site. I do. 11, 11 pages. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. If you want, want more info about it, you've already got it. But yeah, no, I, yeah. I believe in the that's review, great. I did say it was the best B550 board out there currently. So, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you there you go, one. Ken. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, and and is that is that the is that maybe a sweet spot right now as we think about the on the AMD side of things where that's been out a while, right? I mm-hmm. uh, I should be able that technology. It's not like that stuff is is lightning or or is is a bleeding edge technology new. I could probably pick up some good deals if I'm watching for some of the and maybe even a post CES deal where maybe some new stuff is coming out and they're trying to get rid of the old stuff. Yeah, the next generation of Ryzen processors is expected to come out towards the end of this year. So um, a lot of that stuff will be going. And it has been going down in price anyways. Um, like when he got a Black I mean Black Friday, there were some amazing uh, AMD deals. And the processors are very well priced, I would say, right now too. Um, you know, unless you need the latest of the latest, I think the AMD Ryzen ecosystem is, is great right now. If, if I was going to do a budget build, why wouldn't I go that way right now? Right. I mean, yeah. is there any disadvantage to me not choosing? I mean, what am I sacrificing by not going Intel at this point? Right. I mean, it's, it would, it'd be a pretty safe build, right? Yeah. I think it, as far as processors, they're very close together. Right. Um, the only thing that you would be missing, say, if you went, if you went with X570 or B550 on the AMD side versus Intel, Right now, is you obviously no DDR5 support, no PCI Express 5.0 support, uh, which th- is not going to make a difference uh, really right now. Um, and that's that's basically it. The, just the X570 and B550 boards are a little bit older, um, but the you know that's that's basically it. Yeah, yeah, good, nice price point. Anyway, so at this point, yeah. I'd be able to get in and and get it done. I wouldn't say budget because that's they're still going to be pretty expensive uh, depending on what you buy, but maybe not a bad like for me and for what I do Mm -hmm. kind of basic computing. I do. I run a lot of VMs. I may be doing some crypto, but different than I'm not burning crypto with with, you know, I'm I'm doing it off hard drives as opposed to burning them off GPUs. So in this case, I just really kind of need basic processing power. I don't need the fastest stuff in the world, Mm -hmm. but I do need it when I want it, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not doing it right. Like, Hey, I want to call on that thing. I do want it to go pretty fast when I, when I need it, but I don't yeah. need it all the time. Yeah. I think like, uh, the, like a Ryzen, like a Ryzen five series processor is great. Uh, was it the 5,600 X? 5,600 X. Yeah. That's yeah. What I was say. <laughs> very well priced with B550 motherboard. Um, and yeah, you'll, you'll definitely be set. Yeah, I think that'd be a good, it'd be a good replacement. I, you know, the, the boards I'm using now, again, you know, they're, you know, they're coming up on six, seven years. I've gotten a lot of run out of them. They do what I need to do now, but I am kind of thinking through like, okay, what's the next one that I need to build? And I always, Mm -hmm. I kind of take that philosophy of I'm probably buying last year's technology where it's still okay, but it's, I'm not paying for the bleeding edge of that. Would you on the on the AMD side? So Ryzen five. Would you does that equate to a, a like a Core i five or mm-hmm. is, is that why it's done that way? Yeah, is that AMD yeah. doing that kind of on purpose? Is that the way it works? Yeah, yeah. That's basic. That's basically why they did that. Okay. Yeah. 
So if I if I wanted to go that route, you have to start. I have to maybe start pricing that out and just start start thinking through like waiting for those, maybe some of those deals to come out this spring. Watching for a certain set of boards yeah. and maybe a chip at a good price. Pick up sixty four gig of RAM, like Ken did. I mean, Ken, it sounds like you got a pretty good deal. Maybe I should check in with you, Ken, and see uh, see where you got that, um, and, and kind of get that done. Any any other thoughts as we think about? motherboards you guys do these a lot and i i'm always envious of of what you get to do here but any other thoughts as you think about folks maybe doing thinking about doing some system builds or any other thoughts on motherboards right you can take that one if you want um oh let me think here not in particular like bob said you know most most boards are going to have at least one to two of the M.2 slots that support the fourth gen of PCIe, you know, NVMe storage. And that's a big so deal like, now, right? I mean, that, it is. That's, it's, that's a, it's, uh, it's common, which is, okay. is, is good. Um, so, you know, you don't have to worry about getting a board that doesn't support it. At one point, we were at that point where it was, oh, you, this actually only supports SATA direct in an M.2 factor, right? And so folks would up going that route and not getting the performance they thought they were going to get. Um, so just making sure um, that you, you, you get the best um, storage for your board. Um, I mean, boards are so nice. Like I, you kind of mentioned that even the lower end boards have so many of the great features, you know, the great wireless, the fast USB. A lot of the times the, the main differences are how's that cooling on the power processing for the CPU and uh, some of those additional lighting features, things like that, where, you know, if you're not overclocking the CPU and don't need that extra headroom, those lower end boards uh, can really be an awesome, uh, not necessarily budget board, but affordable option if you don't need that, that higher end um feature set it seemed like that gen 4 storage last fall or maybe even last summer was still kind of questionable i think i was remember asking you guys some questions around that and it's like well kind of it sounds like today that's pretty locked in like if you're gonna you're gonna do something you want to make sure you've got that gen 4 storage available to you because it's just going to be so much faster is that right mm-hmm. yeah yep, definitely that going forward so um and then Bob, you, you mentioned this just a second ago, and I haven't really even thought about this. We're to a point where you don't need additional drive of like yeah. you can put enough onboard storage on there that in in from a from a hard drive standpoint or from a from a you know NVME or you know stick storage as I like to call it, it's cheap. Yeah. Or it's cheapish, right? I mean, that storage is still even with everything getting out of control. We're still seeing one terabyte for like ninety bucks, two yeah. terabytes for under two hundred, right? I mean, that's pretty reasonable, right? Yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest change in the past five years or something like that would be, you know, getting that storage that's so fast that that's one of the biggest things that increases your, you know, your startup time when you you know hit that power button on your computer, um, you know, or loading a game or loading an application or any of that stuff. It's just, it's so instant now. And I think for people who need a ton of storage, you can get that external drive. Um, I, that's what I would recommend to a lot of people who don't want to have the spinning drives in their, you know, in their system, just get a big like 10 terabyte external USB drive. That's I have a 20 terabyte one up here. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's for all my cold storage that, that I rarely, you know, access. It's right. just, you know, old stuff right. on there. So, 
Um, well, with 2.5 land coming out, like in, you know, we, we may be to this point where, again, if you need any extra storage, it's really just going to the NAS, whatever, yeah. you, right? Whatever you've done there and just leave that there. And then you've got, you know, maybe, maybe a, a two, a one terabyte stick for your OS and a couple, two terabyte sticks for whatever you want to keep local. I, at yeah. this point, maybe even just one, two terabyte stick for, you know, you, you and we, like, we have cloud storage too, which is, yeah. a, you yeah. know, affordable and you can access it anywhere too. So it's like, if you have all these, you know, old photos or, I mean, most of my old storage is like photos from my old phones or, whatever um you know just throw it up on cloud storage and just kind of be done with it yeah yeah no no right on um you guys also do a lot of case reviews and we've talked about that in the past while you've been on here bob i'll I'll throw it over to you when we think about cases today versus cases in the past whatever that is are we seeing any are you seeing any changes to them are they getting or what are they adding to them or are they just getting you know, better colors, more RGB lighting and holes all over the place. But think what, from a case perspective, what's changed on cases or has it? I think the biggest thing is that we've seen is proper airflow. Um, you know, the way the cases are designed, they're even in a, a case I reviewed lately, even the mesh that goes in the front of the case has been completely redesigned uh, for better airflow. Um, it's not just some typical mesh that you would see in, you know, in a normal case, it's been completely designed for better airflow. Um, you know, you see, you see better, better performing fans that are made specifically for cases too. Um, that are not just like an industrial fan that we saw, you know, years ago on cases, they would just throw these loud industrial fans that didn't push a whole lot of air either or correctly. Um, you see, you know, um, just like that case, um, that big open front there that just all ventilation on the front. So proper airflow into the case, which is really good. Um, I think that's the biggest change we've seen probably over the past like five or six years is proper airflow. Uh, we kind of a couple of years ago, we kind of got out of that with all the glass and lights and all that kind of stuff. But I think um, especially with, you know, um, super high-end graphics cards like an RTX 3090, um, you need good, proper cooling. And um, these, you know, all these newer cases, especially from uh, this company is called Fractal Design. Um, they make good, proper cases with proper cooling, mm-hmm. um, you know, to keep those comp- components nice and cool. Because even almost every 3090, uh, if you're pushing it, 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 it gets really hot, uh, no matter what. You know, unless you're water cooling it, um, all of the cooling systems from even from aftermarket uh, card makers are still not that great. And it sounds like the card's going to take off into space because the <laughs> fans are spinning so fast. So having good having good airflow throughout your case is is one of the most important things. Um, so that's that's kind of the big change that I've seen. Well, obviously, there's still more a market for this, and you you would it's I think it's one of those quiet markets. Where you don't, I mean, it definitely, cases definitely don't hit mainstream conversation. You know, you're not, Mm -hmm. it's not office water cooler conversation. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I got this new case, right? Kind of thing. But the the innovation that's happening with cases, I mean, this is something I, you know, I see as as I go out and look at what's up there or what's out there. 
seems like they're continuing to innovate. So there must be enough people buying these for that to make sense. But it does seem I like think, it's a pretty small market. Yeah, I think the big thing is a lot a lot more people are building their own PCs. We saw that with obviously with the pandemic, instead of, you know, getting, you know, a lot of people got allotted a certain amount of money to either buy a laptop and they wanted mm-hmm. to build their own PC. And I think the big thing you see too is that all of these companies um, in the you know DIY PC, they, they make it easy to build your own PC too. Where if I think about a case from five to six years ago, um, you know, that like here you can see uh, towards the top, there's like a thumb screw that you can just like use with your thumb instead of a full screwdriver to take it out. Um, you can see vibration dampening on the hard drive cage there. Like you didn't have that stuff and everything is made to make it easier to install um, something in there, all the routing holes you have for all your cables, that stuff never used to be there before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- this one comes with its own, just like that. That's like their side panel. You can take it off with one finger. There's no extra screws on it. Like it's, it's very simple and easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All, like I said, the, the innovation really, it, it, it comes down to, I think just better airflow and then making it easier for the user to install the components. Mm-hmm. And but, but I mean, it must be happening like the market. If this wasn't happening, the market, they, they wouldn't be doing this. Right. It just wouldn't yeah. even be there. And yet the case market has it gotten it, you guys review a lot of cases. How are we seeing more manufacturers, less manufacturers or kind of the same amount in the space there? Has it consolidated down a little bit or is it still, you know, we've got five or six or ten manufacturers out there making these things? Yeah, I'd say you have probably like, you know, six to eight core manufacturers of cases that we've had for the long run. And then, you know, you've got a couple outliers here and there that are smaller. They either uh, mark each group of folks, you know, either that small form factor group that um, is a J that comes on the show every now and then. And he's Mm -hmm. always doing those really compact builds. Right. So there's that group of people that want the most power they can get in the smallest form factor. So there's there's those more boutique uh, shops there. And then you've got your, your high end builds uh, that, you know, all aluminum and maybe some more glass to them and just higher end features that you're not going to get on your, your standard, you know, six to eight major case manufacturers. But a lot of those big players have made large advances, like Bob said, in making building easier, um, routing cables more logically doing things to make the the build cleaner and just more, more efficient, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of tag onto that whole glass thing. You know, we all kind of got caught by the, the tempered glass bug and, uh, and me, especially, I loved, you know, a tempered glass on all the sides and it looks great, but man, does it kill airflow? And we've kind of, you know, we're making that turn, uh, in the right direction to get better airflow. The case you had up there, you know, that fractile case has the huge, either 180 or 200 millimeter fans in the front. And the back of it is pretty much transparent because it's all just perforated to let air flow out the back. Um, That, that, that case is, is, is really awesome. Um, Yeah. And not, is this, is this like a hundred and 150, 170, something like that? If you scroll down, it's, it's in the review. I think it's 150, 149. Yeah. 149 for the normal, yeah. you said for the normal versions and 169.99 for the version with the two, with the two RGB fans. Yeah. 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 Um, you give it a nine out of 10. So that's a, that's, I mean, a case again, I mean, we were buying cases 10, 15 years ago. 
and they were a hundred bucks for the good ones, right? Yeah. And to go ten years and they're still a hundred, you know, it's one hundred and fifty, and you kind of go, actually, with inflation, these cases may be cheaper than they were ten or twelve years ago. I think, and they're way better. There's a lot of competition too. I mean, like Ryan said, there are some major players, but I mean, you, there are companies that just have that case that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot of competition on price, uh, you know, and then, then there's some companies that just have just like your ordinary everyday case. And a lot of times those are like 70 to 80 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, that don't really offer a ton of features. The, the, I got the cooler master land case, you know, the big square mm-hmm. one that was super popular. And I, and like, I love that thing. It's big, open, got a lot of rooms, got a lot of airflow. You can do a lot of things with it. Even today, if I put a new board in there and I wanted to get a, a you know, a pretty tall cooler on it, or if I wanted to water cool that or, or, you know, do some active cooling on it, it would fit in there and do just fine. That's a great, mm-hmm. you got room for hard drives. In fact, I had that case for about six years before I realized on the side there's a sp- there's a space for more hard drives in there that I <laughs> I had never seen before. I'm like, this is a great case. That being said, there are some great cases that are coming out that are just Definitely. they look great, and I I think what I hear you saying they function better than they used to. Maybe yeah, as well, right? Yeah. Keep, yeah. Keeping things cool. Any other thoughts on cases, guys? Anything I uh, that that you're seeing in the industry, Bob? Anything you're seeing in the industry ryan that 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 is something we should watch for anything new out there um not so much new um we are seeing uh, just like we talked about with motherboards with connectivity uh you're seeing a lot more uh you know your your front ports on your case or your top ports we're seeing usb 3.2 gen 2 by 2 uh on the front which is which is very new uh, that's a type c port and type c as well so instead of getting the usb a ports you're getting a type c port now uh, which is which is definitely a plus if you do any type of. I do. I have a ton of portable hard drives, so I just love having the fast storage, you know, right there. Um, besides that, no. I mean, I think. I, go ahead, Ryan. I'd say like, and this is just one brand to pick out, but like Corsair with their integrated controllers on on their cases, they have their um, cases that come with a a fan controller and a lighting controller that puts you right into that Corsair ecosystem with their IQ software. So that's kind of one way they, you know, they get you on the case or maybe the cooler and Hey, you buy this pair of things and guess what? You can control them all from one, one panel uh, in windows. And uh, that, that makes things really nice. And they're, they're not the only one that, you know, provides these integrated controllers, but I think they're probably the best at it right now um, and their ecosystem is the most robust. So, you know, you dedicate yourself to one of those ecosystems and you can really do some awesome customization and synchronization of all those components uh, right there. Yeah. Joe says, uh, remember back in the day when we crammed all those Pentium fours into a crappy case <laughs> with one or two 80 millimeter exhaust fans and they were hotter than the surface of the sun. And that's all true. I mean, those boxes, oh, yeah. And those 80 millimeter fans sounded like they were like shooting off into space too. <laughs> yeah, you were you were lucky if you got a 92 millimeter in a case. And yeah. You're like, oh, this is really high end. Yeah. Well, and those those early Pentiums, right? Bob says, remember those first Pentiums were not cooled properly. They burned holes in the motherboards. Or you take the case, you take the stock fan off, and there'd be a brown 
like there would be a brown mark on the top of the the yeah. the chip itself where it burned. You yeah. know, you're like, oh man, that thing got hot in there, right? Yeah. Uh, in those in those early days, yeah, we've come a long way from those early, um, you know, from those early cases. And yet, I've got, a, I mean, I've got a couple of cases that I've retroed. Um, Ryan, you helped me get some new fans uh, for some of my older cases that are fantastic, right? They improve the the airflow in them. They're super quiet. I think like, it was with the Noctuas. Was it, or be, it was either that or yeah. be quiet. No, it was the Noctuas that okay. I went with and they're great. I mean, they're just great oh, fans. Yeah. So you can't, even if you've got an older box that you might really like, and I've got a couple of those I really like, you can go in and retro those retrofit them with some pretty good cooling to kind of help uh, do that in that space. There's a lot of, there's a lot of great help for that. And I think there's a lot of great, peripherals in that space that are coming out to help with that right and so you don't although as i'm i I tell you now every time i have you guys on i start thinking like oh i need to build a new computer (laughs) (laughs) oh super good you've i've i've caught the bug for sure um i mentioned to this uh both bob and ryan i mentioned this to you guys early on and we're not going to dive deep into this topic but i got to talk about it from an apple perspective right because Back early in the year, I guess this is last year now. So I've had my Mac Mini M1. I got bit by the M1 bug. I, I that's the first real processor that I've like. I gotta have this thing. Like I gotta mm-hmm. see how this thing works, right? So bought that pretty quickly after it came out with it. You know, I'm, I'm probably a thousand bucks into that thing, right? Well, with the announcement of the Ultra, which is basically, we won't get into the technical details of it, but it's basically just two M1s, kind of you know, put together to and optimize to work uh, really well. I was looking at that new box that the ultra box and it's like, it's like 2000 bucks. And all of a sudden you kind of go, well, I bought an M one for a thousand. I could get two of them for 2000. They'll probably give me some trade in on that. Why wouldn't I go with an ultra? Right. You know, at this point, I know. Do you guys have you have you from that? I, I listen. I know you're heavy on the on the Windows side or on the on the PC side of things, but has has that has that is that enticing at all to you guys to think about? I mean, Mac is really doing, or Apple is really doing some things with their processors. I think. Well, we we talked about it uh, a bunch. I mean, I think that the M1 was a great a great leap for them, not only in terms of processing power, but to get out of the Intel ecosystem. And when you're designing hardware and you have full ac- access to the hardware, it allows you to optimize things the kind of the way that you want to. Um, and I think for Apple, the M1 has been amazing. And I think this, the, the ultra now, um, a lot of people who are in the Echo, Apple ecosystem, they want a desktop PC, but they don't want to pay like $20,000 for the, the Mac pro. That's just super, super. Most people don't need that. Um, and the M one's powerful enough, uh, to, to do a lot of the, you know, a lot of Apple people are very video editing type, you know, designer type people. Um, but they want something that's a little bit better than like the laptop. So they have this ultra now, which I think is a very good price range for what it is. Uh, for the for the Apple crowd, and it's I don't I haven't looked at I, I know what they said about performance, but it seems like it's going to be great for performance. It's going to be what a lot of the people again who don't have twenty twenty five thousand dollars for a Mac yeah. Pro, <laughs> right. they're gonna right. they're gonna go to this thing, and it's gonna it's gonna be like the PC they have for five or six years, I'd say. Right, right, yep, kind of that um, they 
PC type of a unit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly, I mean, when I bought the M1, I was kind of thinking I'll probably get, I mean, two or three years out of this, fully intending to trade it in on something else. Let's just be really clear about that. Gen 1, like, okay, this isn't probably one I'm going to hold on to forever. Now, I know that sounds weird to you guys because you know I hold on to everything forever, but this was one I intended to think, okay, I'm now in the Apple ecosystem. They give some pretty good trade-in cost, you know, trade-in value when you go to bring their stuff in. It's one I'm going to I'm going to seriously look at um you know the I took the no interest payments on the uh, on the on the mini why wouldn't I it was free money right you stretch that thing yeah. out so it's paid for and all of a sudden you're like well maybe this is the move to the Tesla you know I'm going <laughs> from the M1 to the Tesla and getting the ultra a step up uh you know I'll probably be able to get that thing for around 1500 bucks do the same kind of deal put that on payments and run that out for a year uh, on their money, you know, and then they've said, and I saw this, I was reading up on this on, uh, on your site. um, And I forget who wrote this, uh, who wrote this article, but he said that uh, the, the ultra will not need any new, like you won't have, they won't have to optimize your software because it'll see it as a single processor on it. And so Again, that's that's kind of cool for me because I'm like, okay, I'm not waiting. I've been waiting for Mac to kind of optimize. Every month something new comes out. Okay, optimize for the M1. That'll work day one. So yeah. know, all of a sudden I'm kind of thinking like, well, maybe it's time, you know, daddy needs new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, ex- it's exciting. And I think, again, for... For people in the Apple ecosystem, the past couple of years have been pretty awesome as far as performance wise. Um, it always felt like, you know, they were just a little bit behind the ball as far as performance. And then their optimization was really based on Intel because that's what they were running before. Right. And now they have control over all of that, uh, which is a good thing. So. Uh, Brian in the chat room says, um, he says, I was a little surprised they put the M1 on the iPad Air, I understand, uh, for the iPad Pro, but to put the computer chip on the Air was a bit surprising. And, you know, I think they're trying to get that everywhere, right? Just make that the standard. That's their silicon. That's their, um, you know, that's their, yeah, that's their flagship, right? I think that's what they're leading out with. And I think as we see with the Pro and now the Ultra, they're going to double down on this. And have I seen like an M2, some discussions? Have you guys, is there? Yeah, we've seen yeah, some rumors some... about uh, that. What, it's, um, what, what do you know about that, Bob? What have you, what have you? What uh, obviously, obviously better performance. Uh, there are some rumors about, you know, more cores, even a, a I guess they would say a desktop chip. Uh, that would be like a, more like what you would see from Intel and AMD as far as like, you know, like a 16 core chip, but that's just rumors. Um, obviously I think e- or Apple designs for mobile first mm-hmm. um, for, for laptops. Cause that's, that's their, you know, what they sell most of. So uh, I think when we see an M2, it's going to be uh, obviously designed for mobile first. And then you'll see just like we saw with, with this announcement, you know, something more for a mid-range desktop. Ryan, any thoughts? Uh, it makes me, I always go back to, do I need an iPad? Do I need an <laughs> iPad? And now that I've got, you know, like um, Brian yeah. said, you know, that, that chip's now there. Um, and I don't need the Pro, so it may make sense for me to grab one now. 
Uh, that's, Bob that's says maybe they, over, maybe they overbought the M1 or overproduced <laughs> in this case, and now they're shifting to the next gen. Um, yeah. I, I do, I mean, certainly having that, creating the, their own their own CPU, being able to write the software for that, I mean, that puts them in a perfect position to be able to do it. And I have been more than happy with my M1. Like it is, you know, I, I ran a Core i7 for a lot of years, and it was a great PC, super stable you know, 4,700 chip, the workhorse of that generation. I think it's a, a third or fourth generation, so it's pretty old. Today, it still does a great job for me on with VMs and just kind of stuff that I don't need super powerful stuff for, but it's still a workhorse. Like, if you were to ask me, I mean, that's, that's some of the best money I ever spent was on that chip, and it's lasted me a decade at this mm-hmm. point, and I'm still running it hard. <laughs> like, I run that thing hard every single day on a stock cooler and it does great. Right. So, um, the M one has been equally for me, it's been that equal workhorse, right? I run a lot of video out of it. I run a lot of audio out of it. Um, it, it continues to get optimized, but this, that now this new ultra has got me thinking like, you know, maybe now I get in this, this, um, hamster wheel of constantly, instead of, buying and holding where I buy an upgrade, buy an upgrade, buy an upgrade to some point to where that, that matures out. And then the newer stuff, cause you're getting two, this is definitely two M ones. It's not mm-hmm. just one, it's two. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it seems like it would be, it'd be pretty cool to go with. So I'm gonna have to take a look at the math on that one. That's one of those where I'm, it's out now. So I can, yeah. you know, I think the 18th, today's March 10th. And I don't think it releases till the 18th. If Uyghur was here, he would definitely have me talked into this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people tried to pre-order, and then they got pushed back to, I forget when their dates got pushed back, but, uh, um, you know, you might be able well, to walk in, in a, a store and get one, but. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not in a hurry. I don't have to have it, but yeah, it would make sense from a, you know, from a, um, just kind of a workflow in that ecosystem standpoint. I guess I need to see. That M1 should still get me quite a bit on a trade-in, I would think, and then compare that to the two, look at it at the payments with the free money, and just kind of go, okay, let's let's do this thing. That was such a great experience with the M1. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, why wouldn't I do that again? And and just kind of see how it goes. So uh, maybe, you know, maybe I don't have a new, you know, I don't have a new Intel uh, or even an AMD chip in, in my future, but maybe I've got that uh, that M1 Ultra. Uh, You're working towards a hardware as a service type of uh, purchasing model. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Well, I mean, some and they they keep giving you or kind of taking phone approach to it, Ryan. In some sense, right? You know, I've I I just bought the M1 a year ago. I mean, Mm -hmm. so you know, never know. Gents, thanks for thanks for jumping. It's always great to spend time with you guys. I always spend money when I'm done <laughs> with you, which is, uh, which is super great. Bob, what's coming up is, uh, w- when you think about some of the reviews that you're doing, yeah, uh, what's coming up at thinkcomputers.org for you and, and, and what do you have coming out or what are you going to be reviewing? Um, a lot of, uh, new Intel stuff. So we have a bunch of, uh, Z690 motherboards, DDR5, like Ryan said, we just got a couple new kits in of that. So kind of really excited to dive into all of that. Motherboards are like probably my favorite thing to review. So I have a lot of that stuff coming up. Um, Those are, that's kind of like the main things we have, you know, new keyboards, mice, all that, you know, 
a couple mm. some storage things, but a lot of uh, a lot of motherboards for me, which I'm pretty excited for. Keyboards have gotten fancy. Like yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. they went from industrial to super cool, crazy stuff. Right? I've yeah. was looking at the keyboards on, of some of the stuff you've re- you've reviewed lately, and was like, yeah. "Wow, this is." I mean, RGB into the keyboard for sure. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. If you want to, if you're a keyboard, if it's important to you, you know, no, no surprise here. I'm still using an Apple keyboard that's probably 20 years old. <laughs> so, yeah. What are you, what are you showing there, yeah. Bob? This is the IQNix. What is this? The uh, the i80 Explorer. No, it's yeah. the i80 Explorer. It's all. It's designed to be like kind of futuristic, RGB backlit, mechanical keys. It's it's probably one of my favorite keyboards um, nice yeah. mechanical or yeah or? oh yeah mechanical okay. key switches and you can swap out the switches too so if i you know want to get a different type of switch that feels different sounds different i can actually take the physical switches out of this and get a whole new set of switches for this that seems like cool. a lot of work <laughs> oh yeah it's a lot of, yeah it's a lot of work <laughs> that just yeah. seems like a lot of work like that's yeah, an afternoon yeah. for me I might yeah. need a nap in the middle of that. <laughs> like I'll get through 26 of them and then I need That's a nap. Funny. Yeah. So Ryan, anything yeah. you're, you got on your, on your plate coming up? Um, I kind of cover, you know, not random items, but I've got a, a, a mechanical keyboard in from cherry. You know, they make, they're probably the most popular switch manufacturer. They also make full keyboards. So I have a low profile mechanical keyboard from them. I'm reviewing right now. Um, I have an external sound card from sound blaster, uh, an all-in-one liquid cooler from Cooler Master, and then a full um, chair from Cooler Master as well that I'm taking a look at. So just a couple of random items Ooh. in the pipeline yeah. there. Some great stuff. I think what you guys review is really just perfect for the listeners of Home Gadget Geek. So if, you, yeah. if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed uh, to, your, to, to what you guys do on a podcast... Head out. What's the easiest way? What, what just go to thinkcomputers.org and they can Yeah, right everything there, so. everything is there. We have links for a podcast, YouTube, yeah. um, RSS feed, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it's super great. I it always seems like I've got an evening podcast for work or something else when you guys are podcasting. I try and jump in when I can, uh, and always good great to catch up with you guys. But I think from an audience perspective. If you're listening to this show, you're gonna. If you haven't added it to your podcast player, you should, probably should because it's, it's a, like if you've liked tonight, you're gonna like what Bob and Ryan do on a weekly basis. So you know, make sure you get subscribed um, to that as well, gentlemen. Thanks for coming out. Hang tight. Can you guys stay around for a few minutes mm-hmm. uh, afterwards? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll do do a little post show. If we didn't uh, live chat room, if we didn't get to your questions, um, we had a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll we'll have you repost them in the in the uh, the post show. Couple reminders on our way out. One, we are live here every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. If you want to join us, uh, just about every week we're doing it. I'm taking a few more weeks off these days, but uh, just about every Thursday, we love to have you come out and do it. Um, big thanks to Mike Weger as well. He's out for the week, and uh, and so we'll have him back um, um, next week. So if you're missing him, he'll be here. Big thanks to Christian Johnson over there at uh, Maple Grove Partners, secure, reliable, high speed hosting. From people that you know and you trust, if you're starting a website or you need to do something along those lines, Christian can take care of you. MapleGrovePartners.com will get you there. Um, we'll get you there as well. Plans start as little as $10. And then 
uh, uh, take it to our Discord group. If you go to the averageguy.tv slash Discord, uh, a great way, lots of conversation. I know you guys have a really active Discord group as well, right? Is there an mm-hmm. easy way to get to that group if folks wanted to join uh, you guys on Discord? I believe it's just thinkcomputers.org backslash Discord. I should awesome. get you in there. Yeah, yeah. great. So if you, if you haven't jumped into the Discord groups, I know your group is great. I'm in it. I stock uh, you guys there uh just seeing what's I, I can't even like some of the things you guys talk about i'm not i'm not even in the same i'm not even in the same category like i like ugh. but if you want to get uh really technical in there or conversations about the reviews for you guys that'd be a great way to, to jump in and get active in that group here um pretty quick we are live like i said every thursday 8 p.m central 9 eastern out here at the average guy.tv live thanks for coming out for those listening live tonight Tony, thanks for tweeting. You're always good for a tweet or two while we're we're doing the live show. We'll be back next week. With that, we'll say goodbye.